sacrifice to be able to do what we're doing Amen. come together and Amen. allow God to move in our midst and you know thank God we have a weekly routine of prayer and Bible study and Amen. Uh, youth night and then our Amen. weekend services Amen. even so it will take more than just that that's yeah. right to be able to get God moving in our lives and that's why we're here Amen. so I'm really uh, I have confidence in the Lord. I know Amen. that once we, once we take that step and once we just submit ourselves to his will, I believe that it's going to open up the door of heaven mm -hmm. to us and he's going to grant us entrance Amen. into that spiritual realm, into the kingdom of heaven. And praise God, we're going to experience. I believe this. How many of you came to experience his salvation. Amen. Yes. Amen. 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 The very few amens. Amen. 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 Very few hands raised. Woo. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. If we're really interested in making heaven our home, if this was the last night we had here on earth, I, I believe some of us would be more motivated. Yeah, Amen. that's right. Woo. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. If we if we knew this was the last night we had, I believe some of you would probably be standing at the altar already. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. 
us that he wants to move us out of that state of mind and move us out of that complacency and so that we can get a hold of him so I just want to give him the opportunity to do so if you would all stand with me I'd like to ask Brother Aaron if you'd come on up and give us some prayer tonight musicians and singers come on up God once again. Amen. Uh, we come here not to satisfy the flesh, but to let the inner man be renewed. It's all about being spiritual. It's all about the inner man. Forget about your old flesh. Amen. This old flesh won't profit you nothing. Amen. So you let God just have his way. Let the inner man, it's all about the inner man. Amen. You know, it's all came to me about, uh, well, remember his name, the Syrian had leprosy. Yeah. Amen. He went to the man of God to be healed. And uh, you ever wonder why God said to go into the River Jordan, dip himself seven times in the River Jordan? I wonder why seven times. You ever think about that? Amen. There's a process that God wants us to grow through. Yeah. Yeah. One time ain't, no, ain't enough, maybe twice, three times. But he said seven times. Yeah. A process that we need to go through. Yeah. We go through that we have process. We obey God. Yeah. Amen. And you know what's going to happen? We're going to be healed. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Amen. It's a process. Who knows? Maybe tonight. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Tonight's going to be that night. Yes, that's right. Amen. So forget about yourselves, but let's dwell on the inner man. Yes. That's what God's after. Yes. He's after the inner man. Yes. Amen. So let's all pray and listen by God. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Once again, amen. Another opportunity, Father, to be here that grateful God. And I pray, O oh God, have your way. Amen. Let us all be one mind and one accord. Looking to you, Father. Amen. God, looking to you. Amen. I pray, O God, that your Holy Ghost manifest. Amen. God, in our midst. Amen. Let it be. Amen. So God's salvation in God. Let it be healed in the service of God. Amen.
the glory, the honor, the glory. In Jesus' name, we said amen.
So glad, I'm so thankful for God, and like you said, brother, he's a miracle worker, way maker, promise keeper, man. 
it's exciting. Even more he's going to do, you know. That's a that's a miracle right there. That's a blessing right there. Uh, all our prayers, in, you know, enduring as a soldier for the Lord for each other, you know, bearing each other's burdens. That's what prayer does. The pastor always says that prayer is the backbone of the church. Without prayer, none of this would have been possible. You know, because those prayers go up to the the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, and uh, everything's in His hand. We're in His hand, you know, as a flame of fire. Uh, I think Amen. Sister Lisa brought that up before. The Lord showed her that, you know, showed some of us that. So I'm just excited for more to happen, and I'm ready to hear the word. I'm so glad we have a second week, you know. Um, we all came in agreement to pray that, and the Lord came through, you know. And that's, it's, it's amazing. I love God. I love each and every one of you. God bless you. Praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord. Amen. Um, amen. Yeah, the, the old devil trying to. Amen. Stop us. Amen. That's right. He can't stop us. That's right. Yep. Yep. Amen. Yeah. Takes care of his people. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. I want to share a song, you know. Amen. It's a song that has touched my heart, and I know it. Amen. I bless you also. Amen. Amen. We've been gone through so much stuff this year, and we serve a miracle working God. Amen. Never leave us, Lord, for Amen.
Brother Kevin. Amen. Anybody else? Amen. Sister Melissa. I'm going to be quick because I have a lot to say. And like you, I'll just go on forever. I just want to say God is good. Amen. Thank you for giving me the way to meeting in our situation. And yes. Today is number 50. 50 days he's been there. So I just really thank God. Keeping his hand on him and bringing him forward. Amen. I give him all glory. Yes. Amen. 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 Basically, I needed to get out of his way so he could move in me. Amen. And while I was up there praising. 
left the, I was like, okay, Lord. I was like, it's all you then. And he just started leading me around. Something so simple. And I was, I had my eyes closed and everything, trusting him. And he's, I did circles. That's why I love to worship you so much. Because he's just been so much for me. And um, I'm very unbalanced, unstable and everything. And for me to be closing my eyes, spinning around, that's all God. And I have bad knees, as young as I am. <laughs> and I'm just so grateful that I have a God that I serve a God yeah. that, you know, helps me and does so much for me. I'm just so grateful to him. And like I said, he's just been my calm through all this storm. And it's just, he's starting to help me realize that and helping me clean up everything. And Amen. everything he's just been speaking and just been helping me. And I just give him all the praise, honor, and glory. And I'm so grateful to be here with all you guys and seeing all you guys. God bless all of you. And Amen. I'm so good to see Brother Rich. It's so Amen. awesome. I'm just so amazed by what God's doing. And yes. I'm so excited. And we got a whole more, what, five days? However long God has. <laughs> Maybe a whole month. Who knows? Amen. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, Amen. praise God and God bless you all. Amen. 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 We'll take one more testimony. Amen. Amen, sister. I just want to say, I tell the Lord I love him. And I want to thank you for getting us back. Amen. 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 Sister Betty. Amen. I want to thank the Lord for um, the services going on uh, last, the other day when Brother Harold was uh, ending the services. Um, before he even mentioned that we were going to go on, the Lord said to me, just like Azusa Street. And I don't know if any of you know what Azusa Street is, but Azusa Street was a revival that was held in 1906, and it lasted till 1909. It lasted that long. But um, <laughs> many miracles and many things happened during that revival. And... If he said we could have a revival like a that means he wants us to get rid of the flesh, get rid of everything, that the walls, get rid of everything, and don't hold back. Amen. Let Amen. him do what he wants to do. Amen. Let him use you. No matter how silly we look, no matter what we sound like, let God have his way. Amen. Because that, that's what he wants. Mm -hmm. He wants us all in one mind and one accord. Amen. And I'm looking forward to it. I never doubted that he would bring Rich back. Mm -hmm. I knew he was Amen. 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 Because I've seen many miracles happen yes. already mm -hmm. in my past 38 years with the Lord. But I know, I knew that God was going to bring him back. Mm -hmm. I just didn't know when. Um, but I'm, I'm really thankful tonight. I'm, I really feel, I feel something in here, you know, and I, I really feel like it's going to be awesome. That Amen. canopy that Harold said that was over us, I really feel like that's going to just bust wide open and Amen. things are going to happen. Yes, hallelujah. And I just want to be here uh, to see all those things happen, to be a part of it. Um, I encourage all of you to just seek God with all your heart, mm. with all your soul, with Amen. all your mind, and let him have his way. Mm -hmm. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. 
I know God's going to do great things, Amen. especially for those who are uh, seeking Him, mm -hmm. those who are humbling themselves to Him, and allowing His will to, to amen, to do His will. Yeah. That's why Jesus said when He was teaching about prayer, He said, Thy will be done on earth, in earth as it is in heaven. Mm -hmm. So let his will be done tonight. Yeah. Let his will be done and we're going to find out we're going to be blessed. We're going to be happy. We're going to be content. So without any further delay, I'm going to ask Brother Craig to come on up tonight to minister the word of God. Amen. Hallelujah, Jesus. sensitive to the Holy Ghost and all the praying that all of us and many others have done, God has allowed us to see the fruition of all of the prayers that have been prayed, tears that have been shed, and I'm excited because I got to be here to see you. It wouldn't have been right if I was back down in Texas and you came home. I would have missed out. But I thank God that he's allowed us to stay for one more night. And to witness that, I'm, I'm in the throes of an emotional battle right now. This morning, um, as soon as I woke up, I received news that I had lost a very dear friend of mine and Killeen, Texas to COVID. Very dear friend of mine. I have been emotional all day. You know, we take things for granted and now, at least on this side, I'm not gonna be able to see him. Hallelujah, but on the other side. Yes. So if you would, you remember the Hoosier family from Copperas Cove, Texas, a he was a humble man, a very dear friend of mine, befriended me, and for whatever reason. And God had just given us a good relationship, and, and I tell you what, uh, a lot of folks are leaving this old wicked world, but that's all right. Amen. Amen. To be absent from this physical body is to be present with the Lord. It should be a consolation and not fear to us. There is something better than this old beat-up world. Yeah. Hallelujah. So 
I just needed to express that because, my goodness, we are so frail, are we not? Amen. Let me give you some homework. You get some time during your devotions, whenever they are. Uh, not tonight, don't start reading tonight. If you get a chance, you read Psalm 39. I say it's one of my favorite because it puts me it puts me back into reality. It's a reality check. He talks about my days being numbered and how frail that I am in this human economy. And it just puts everything, Brother Aaron, back into perspective. That if I don't live long enough to hear the trumpet sound, that uh, wherever, whenever that I get laid in the ground, I might not even get laid in the ground. I might just be hanging from a tree somewhere. But I want to be ready to go. That's why we're here, are we not? To be ready to go. We're not here to be blessed. Brag about how much we have. We're here to get ready to go to heaven. That's the main purpose. Hallelujah. So thank you for... Choosing to go on uh, another night or two. Actually, that was what Brother Harold felt. I concurred because I know God's doing something. Amen. And if we could be a small part to get ourselves to that place that God can bless us, then that's what we want to do. Amen. So thank God for the privilege to be here, and I won't delay any longer. Uh, give honor to Brother Harold, this ministry, you beautiful people. Our guests and visitors, thank you for being here. And I have a beautiful message tonight. And all of this is another piece to that uh, divine puzzle. <laughs> a divine puzzle that God wants to piece together to get us a little closer to his will. We always say we want the will of God, but when he starts revealing it, I don't know if you've ever done it, but you step back and say, I don't know, God. <laughs> I don't know. I want to do your will, Jesus. And then he shows it to you, and you're like, I'm not sure if that's your will, Jesus. And you say, I'm going to fast another day. And the Lord says, you know, all that fasting doesn't do a good for me. One bit of good for me. It's, it's really to humble the flesh is what it does. Amen. Realign your will and praise God. I'm going to, I don't know what this is going to be tonight, teaching. You see, I got up here uh, Sunday night and I had no intention of preaching like a wild Indian. Ooh, and the Lord had other plans. And... Uh, I thought surely when we got back, my voice is gone. Even the devil said, settle down there, son. You're getting carried away. And uh, I still got my voice. And, um, and that's even after, that's post-COVID. And uh, they, there should be side effects, they said. Because I almost died from COVID. Uh, it was only by the grace of God that I made it through. Yes, yes. Amen. So I'm going to say to the devil tonight, Ichun. Yes. Yes. 
course, all of those that would be listening by podcast, we greet you. Uh, it's interesting that earlier in the year, March, 24 March, April, May, I was involved with, they started to, the Brandom E-Revivals, and you preach from your home church, and you're reaching out to other churches, and it was pretty tough to preach to a camera. Because you really want to hear somebody say amen. Yeah. And there's nobody there to say amen, but you keep preaching anyway. Yeah. And you look at the camera and you wonder, is anybody saying amen? It's quite a challenge. I'm thankful I'm preaching to live people tonight. Yeah. Amen. It doesn't hurt my feelings if you say amen. Amen. You can stand up and point at me and everything. Say amen. 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 So here's where we'll start tonight. I'm going to walk us through a few scripture verses. Uh, Old Testament Psalms 26. Old Testament Psalms 26. I'm praying God help me articulate this message. And I believe that he will help me tonight. Amen. Psalm 26. And then after you found Psalms 26, put a bookmark or one of your fingers in that and then find 2 Corinthians 13 and 5. I'm going to re read those two verses of scripture. As my, I guess my text, but I'm just starting here. Uh, Psalm 26 and then 2 Corinthians 13, 5. When you have both of those, say, I have them. I have them. Psalm 26, verse 2 simply says, Examine me, O Lord. We have some counselors and people in the room that work with drug and alcohol addiction folks. And one of the tougher things to do is to assess people, yes. challenge to assess people. And this is kind of what the psalmist is saying, Lord, assess me, examine me, and prove me, try my reins and my heart. Somebody say that tonight. Try my heart, Lord. Try my heart, Lord. Then 2 Corinthians 13 and 5. You have that one too? Amen. Amen. Examine yourselves. It's not a time to side glance at anybody else in the room tonight. It's time to look, take a look inwardly. Amen. Examine yourselves whether ye be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Know ye not your own selves how that Jesus Christ is in you. And then he uses some pretty strong language. Except ye be reprobates. The simplest definition that I know of reprobate is simply useless. It's like a bucket of spit. You're there and there's no use for it. Reprobate. Let's pray. Father, help us tonight. 
This is your people. This is your bride. It's called by your name. And we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your mercy. We ask that you anoint us once again. We are mindful and careful. Help us to articulate and speak only the words that you would have us to speak to help somebody in the room tonight. But Lord, give us the heart to allow you to work upon us, to deliver us, to challenge us, to heal us, to save us, to deliver us. In the mighty, saving, delivering name of Jesus. Amen. You can be seated. Thank you for standing. Galatians 6 and 3. For your consideration tonight, Galatians 6 and 3. He said, if a man think himself to be something, when he is nothing, the worst kind of deception Paul's telling the church at Galatia is self-deception. When that man thinks he's something that he is not, he said, he deceiveth himself. <coughs> It's the worst kind of deception because sometimes people do not realize they are being deceived. Because they cannot tell the real from the facade. And they bring themselves down in life to a point that they cannot decipher what's real and what's fake. Especially to the things that are counterfeit. There are some things that look real, but they're not. And so he said, when that man thinks of himself in that way, he said, he deceiveth his own self. So I threw that in the mix uh, just for us to be able to take a few moments here and really open our heart up to the Lord. Because I believe with every ounce of my human will tonight that God is setting this church up for an Azusa Street revival. I said last week after my departure, but I'm still here. So I'm going to say this week after my departure, revival is still going to be here. But I give honor to God for allowing me to be a component to bring you to a place that you can catch fire because this city deserves a move of God. But not just Vermillion Wagner and Greenwood and Marty and Lake Andes and the first White River and Paul of the Reservation and the Chuck Marshall up in Canada. You see, it has to start somewhere. Tonight, I feel it already. Hey, 
Hallelujah. So don't allow self-deception to lead you to believe that you're okay. Just examine your heart. Be honest with yourself. If you're not okay, tell God that. If you're not on fire, tell God that. If you're broken and messed up, tell God that. Instead of acting like everything's okay. It's okay to be messed up. But as long as you're honest about it, it's okay to be messed up. We tried to pull the covers over and say, man, I'm on fire and I'm cool. No, you're not. Amen. And when you're not, just admit it to God. Amen. He'll appreciate you more. Yeah. Oh, my Lord. All right. Genesis 26. Let us see here. Genesis 26. I'm going to read verse 15. There is a change that has just taken place. The promises of God have shifted from Abraham to another generation. And now his son Isaac is at the helm. Abraham is off the scene. But you remember all of the promises that God made to Abraham. In fact, one night, he drug him out of his tent. He said, Abraham, step out of your tent. Look up into the heavens. And you just look at all these stars. And then when you've done that, look at your feet. And if you can count the grains of sand, that's just how much I'm going to bless you. Amen. If you can enumerate the amount of blessings, and I know you can't, Abraham, I'm going to bless you. And so, of course, when God said that, the first thing he did, and that's probably where we get it from, is he said, God, how can that be? So now his son is at the helm. Change the mantle has lifted from Abraham to Isaac. Verse 15, all the wells which his father's servants had digged in the days of Abraham, his father the Philistines had stopped them and filled them with earth. And Abimelech said unto Isaac, Go from us, for thou art much mightier than we. Isaac departed thence and pitched his tent in the valley of Gerar and dwelt there. Verse 18. And Isaac digged again the wells of water which they had digged in the days of Abraham his father, for the Philistines had stopped them after the death of Abraham. And he called their names after the names by which his father had called them. And Isaac's servants digged in the valley and found there a well of springing water. Wow. Do you see what he's narrating here? Yeah, isn't it amazing that there are springs of living water down in the valley? So, you know the history of the Philistines, don't you? You know who they are. They weren't all giants. There was a family of giants that came out of there, and one we know very well. His name was Goliath. 
And the Philistines had a history. They came from, obviously, Philistia, which was a region of Syria, the southern coast of Palestine. They were a migratory people. And I think the only reason they migrated was to follow the children of Israel and just give them hell. Hell on earth. The Philistines were not only an enemy nation against Israel, but they are symbolic. When you look into the word Philistine or Philistia, it'll give you several definitions, but it points back to a word that you spell D-U-S-T. They are symbolic of the flesh. So not only were they a great migratory warring nation, but the Philistines represent the flesh. Somebody say that with me tonight. The flesh. They were dust. You remember what the Lord said in Genesis 2 and 7, God formed man of the dust of the ground. So in our DNA tonight, they will find dirt. We're just different color dirt. We have a multicultural church back home, and I don't know, there's Koreans, there's people from different countries, uh, and then there's a family of Native Americans, there's people from Puerto Rico, Costa Rica, all over the world, they're there. And it's pretty amazing to witness. Of course, you guys have been up to Brother Olson's. You kind of get a taste of what's going on there. You see that. But we're all dirt. Thank God tonight we're cleaned up dirt. Huh? In fact, look at your neighbor and tell him, say, for dirt, you're looking pretty good tonight. Don't smile. <laughs> Abraham had dug the wells and named them. I want you to pay attention to the fact that the Philistines covered them back up. Not only did they cover the wells back up, but they changed the names to obliterate any traces of origin. And to prevent restoration. Let's cover these things up and hopefully Isaac will never find them. Because we know the covenant that God made with Abraham when he dug these wells. Let's cover them up. Let's change the name. Let's change the veneer. Let's change the vernacular of what's going on because we don't want Isaac and the rest of the children of promise to find these wells because if they ever find these wells we're in trouble yeah. and here in verse 18 in the midst of all of that camouflage in the midst of all the name changing Isaac found the wells bear with me I'm going somewhere Somebody say, Isaac found the wells. Isaac found the wells. <laughs> now, I read in your hearing three different scripture verses tonight because 
Wow. The best that I could do to find something that looked like a well was a laundry hamper. And I would tell you to fasten your seatbelt, but I'm not going to. Instead, I'm going to tell you to take it off. Because if you really mean business about the will of God, you're going to accept the challenge from the Lord tonight. You see, Brother Harold, we're just one generation away of losing this message. All it takes is one generation. So are we teaching our children at home to read the Bible, to pray? Mom, dad, are you praying with them? Because if you're not instilling the things of God in them now, you're one generation away of losing your posterity. Because you know what happens. They, they, They backslide. They go out and find somebody that does not believe in God and they hitch up with them. And when their children are born, they don't want to serve God. One generation away. And this is what the Philistines were trying to prevent. And so all these wells that were running with pure spring water, they covered them back up. Filled them in, changed the names, said let's hope. That Isaac never finds them. But of course the story told us. He found the wells. And so he began to dig. I like those words in the the Bible. Again. It denotes restoration. So not only. Did they have the enemies. The Philistines that represented flesh. But they they had to dig out all. All of the earth. You know what that represents again? Double whammy. Flesh. There's nothing that will stop revival faster than flesh. So I'm preaching tonight to a room full of Holy Ghost filled people. And I trust that your flesh will not get in the way tonight. Because if, if, as long as God lets me just be cool tonight and kind of laid back, I'm going to take advantage of it. But if he turns up the heat and we get rolling, your flesh starts burning, just let it burn. It's apparent you need a good burning. And you might as well raise your hand and say, Lord, just burn it all the way. Because I need revival. What I do tonight will determine my tomorrow. I've got kids that need to be saved. My children need the Holy Ghost. My grandchildren need the Holy Ghost. I've got to get to a place where I stop playing church. Let's lift our hands and say, Lord, help me to do a self-assessment right now. You know why they do water tests at water treatment plants? To determine if there's any bacteria in there. They want to see all the microorganisms that are in there, the nitrates, the hardness of the water. So they test the water. And they can tell by the results of this test what's in that water. So what's in your water tonight? Is your water tainted? Is your well stagnant? 
Somebody say, all right, Brother Craig. We can tell where this is going. Hallelujah. Jeremiah, he wrote something about a well, but it was a little different form. He said uh, that there were those that committed two evils. Jeremiah 2 and 13. They have hewed themselves cisterns. He said not only were they cisterns, but they're broken. And when we stop relying on God, guess what we do? We start building our own cisterns. And we want to fill it full of water. Things that look like the move of God. Things that almost act like the word of God, but it's not the living water. So he said, they build themselves cisterns and they're broken. And all a cistern is, I like this, is a tank for surface water. You're satisfied with all the shallow stuff. You're one of those toe dippers. Feels good. Uh, and then come Monday morning, you're wanting to backslide. Why do we stop at feeling good all the time? God didn't give us the Holy Ghost just to feel good. I've said that before, so go ahead and say it loud. He gave us the Holy Ghost to give us power. You want to feel good, go to the barn, get drunk. You'll feel good for a little while, but that hangover is going to wear you out. So you want something that's going to stay with you? Take deep. The words of a man's mouth are as deep water. You sit and listen to some people and you get ministered to. It's like iron, sharpening iron. Because they're reaching deep from their experience and sharing the things of God. And then you listen to some people and you just wish they would just hush. Psalm 42 and 7, deep calleth unto deep at the noise of thy water spouts. Broken cisterns cover them up so living stone can't find them. Change the name of these wells. Keep them covered so they won't tap into the source that's on the inside. But it's up to living stone tonight to get some, I guess, shovels Mm -hmm. and to start digging out them old wells. Did you notice he didn't dig new wells? All they did was clean out the old wells. You know why? Because the Holy Ghost still does the job. We still need to be baptized in Jesus' name to be saved. We need to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost to be saved. Jesus told Nicodemus, if we're going to see heaven, you've got to be born again. So, two things happened. He said the reason they built cisterns was because they abandoned their wells. They abandoned their wells. And they started to serve idols. 
and the gods of their imagination. If you've ever read, maybe I shouldn't mention this, this isn't part of my message, but some more homework, read Ezekiel 8. The presence of God began to move from the altar and he began to shift through the temple because there were people in there. The Bible said every part of that vision that God showed Ezekiel, there were greater abominations. And one of them was they were worshiping the gods of imagery, their minds. Hallelujah. Without water, life simply cannot be sustained. And we're in a room full of smart people. How long can you survive without water? Three days. You know what happens after five days? Major organs begin to shut down. Especially the brain. Leading to fainting, strokes, and eventually death. That's why when people walk away from the living water of the Holy Ghost, they die spiritually. So in order to salve their conscience, they begin to build cisterns. And they say, mine's full of water. No, it isn't. It's just a surface relationship. It's dirty, murky water. It's not the real Holy Ghost water. That water doesn't satisfy like the Holy Ghost does. Because the Holy Ghost is going to be with you when you're in the trial. The Holy Ghost is going to be with you when you're in the hospital. And you got right to the God's going to be there. God couldn't say, well, this is a hospital. I can't go inside. The Holy Ghost is real. going to uh, John chapter 4. Is that little guy miserable or is he getting the Holy Ghost? John chapter 4. Let's read, could we? I'm just trying to figure out where I want to start reading. John 4 and 5 Then cometh he to a city of Samaria Which is called Sychar near To the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph Now Jacob's well was there Jesus therefore Being wearied with his journey Sat thus on the well And it was about the sixth hour There cometh a woman of Samaria To draw water Jesus saith unto her Give me to drink For his disciples were gone away unto the city To buy meat then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou being a Jew, you're asking a drink from me? Which am a woman of Samaria, for the Jews had no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God. The well was sitting on the well. And who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink thou wouldest, have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. Amen. The woman saith unto him, Sir, <laughs> you don't have anything to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou that living water? Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well, 
and drank thereof himself and his children and his cattle. Jesus said unto the woman, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. Somebody say, that's the Holy Ghost. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Man, oh man, I'm glad tonight that I'm full from water from that well. Amen. So, I tried my best to articulate all of the scriptures that I've read to you up until this point. And now we're going to reach into the well and we're going to start cleaning. Amen. I didn't just write anything down and throw it in here. As the Lord began to speak to my heart for this church and about this church and the things that are hindering this church, I wrote it down, threw it in the well. He said, that's what's hindering people in this church. That's what's getting between me and them, but not only me and them, but me and some of their fellow church goers. So how many of us want to clean a well tonight? Do you love this city enough to say, Lord, I'm willing to clean my well tonight? I love my pastor enough to clean my well tonight and get everything out of the way. Get all of the earth, get all of the muck, get all the mire, clean out the well so we can have a move of God. So if I can get somebody, one of these brethren, somebody to just come up, it can be a lady too, just come up, grab something out of this. There's, there's some stuff down in there, it's dirty. Come grab one and give it to me. Praise God. Hallelujah. And then just wait a minute and let me take a look at them, okay? I don't know what we're picking up here. The first one, go ahead, stand to the side. And when I tell you to, okay, the first one is sins of omission. You're okay as long as you're in church, but are you consecrated when you're home? Are you fasting and praying for your pastor, your pastor's wife, and your church when you're at home? Or do you have your face stuck in some kind of electrical device? Can we just get real tonight? I decided to stay. The Lord told me to, so I'm going to take advantage of my time here. He says... It's not just sins of commission, but there are some things they need to be doing, and they're not. Brother Harold's not a police, he's a pastor. And life would be a lot easier for you if you simply obeyed what you heard from the pulpit. But a lot of times we really don't pay attention. So when the word of God goes forth and we're saying amen with our mouth, but our heart's not getting connected. So that's the reason when you leave here, you get home, you have all kinds of hell break loose. If you simply obeyed the word of God, you wouldn't have all those problems. And you wouldn't have to be calling and saying, Pastor, I need you to come over. We need counselors. No, if the Word of God can't do it, that man can't do it. Sins of omission. 
How many of you read your Bible at home? Amen. How many of you even own a Bible? Amen. Just be honest. Those first scriptures said, hey, Lord, search me. I want an honest assessment here. I'm not going to preach harder just because you said, brother, I'm not really reading like I should be. Regret. That kind of goes along with something the Lord was preaching to us Sunday night. But your past behind you. Amen. The only thing you have power to change is your future. Amen. Why do you keep looking back and wanting Amen. to change your past? Amen. Goes back to something we said Sunday night. It's not the blood enough. Amen. I got blessed. I feel good. But you know what some of us are doing? We're running back to social media and allowing influences there to come into our brain. Some of you really need to go home and tell your, what do they call, your internet provider. Sir, you can come turn this thing off because it's turning into a God in my life. Hallelujah. I need it for school. You're not even in school. Let's just get real. Oh, I'm studying. You didn't know? You didn't hear? You ought to have a PhD by now. You've been in college for the last 18 years. Strive. See that, brethren? Strive. The old... Black sister said, the Lord doesn't bless a mess. This is a little warm, isn't it? Dig is it out some more, brother. Some of you ought to write this down. What the Lord, what the Lord spoke to me about. What's here hindering this work? Because we, this, this is a, this represents a well, yes. Amen, for living stone. Yes. This is what's stopping the living water from really moving, not the way you want to, but the way God wants to. Yes. See, we've got to realign our will with this, because God wants to do way more than you and I can contain. Yes. Because all we know to do is shut it off after we feel good. Go ahead, brethren. Give me a couple more. Is this okay, church? Yes. Give me a few minutes. I'll be done here in, you know, in time. Notice how I said that? Say, Lord, I'm not going to be part of the strife anymore. Let me hide behind the pulpit and show you this one. It says no prayer. You know why there's no prayer at home? Because there's no altars. You know who the God is right now for this generation? Social media. So as a result of no prayer, there's condemnation. And we want the well to flow, but we can't because we've got all this going on. Oh boy, I can read this one from back. Pride. 
How many times has pride kept you from coming up to the altar and getting a blessing from God? You know what we like to say, oh, I get blessed just watching them. It's because you got a broken sister. And you're a shallow Christian. What God wants is somebody to dive in. Say, Lord, I've got to get beyond just feeling good. Because the devil's not worried about me just feeling good. He doesn't want us to pray through to the Holy Ghost. All right, brother, three more. I've got to move on to the point that God wants me to hit out of the ballpark tonight. How many were we got in there? Enough? Okay, just give me those three. Set them up here. Oh, boy. Envy. Here's, here's the reality about envy. Envy says, I would like to be blessed like Brother Sinaway. And to the point where I almost envy him, the way he dances and worships God. But this is also what envy says. If I can't be blessed like him, I don't want him to be blessed. Amen. So we entertain the thought of who does he think he is. And we judge him by the grid that we're stuck behind. Well, that's not real. He's just doing that. How do you know? When's the last time you stepped out and let God bless you? Sunday morning, Brother Harold was teaching the Word of God, and revelation was powerful. I don't know what happened, but something got in my legs. And before I knew it, I was doing a couple of rounds here in the sanctuary. That's what some of you need to learn to do. Quit stopping the move of God. Can I say it to us natives? Can I go ahead and say it like I want to say it? you got to get past being bucky. Somebody might laugh at me. Would you have somebody here laugh at you or God laugh at you? Envy, well, I want what he has, but if I can't have it, I don't want him to have it either. Let's lift our hands. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We kind of touched on this one already, so we'll move quickly to this one. No Bible reading. But you'll spend four or five, six hours on social media. I'm an old timer, so I'm going to say this. If you get mad, then you're just going to have to get mad. I don't want to say I don't care. But some of you older, grown adults need to go home and throw away your PS4s and whatever you guys do to play games anymore. Because the only reason, I've, I've seen kids, I, I've watched the young people, our, the younger generation in our church back home, they use that as leverage to say, if you'll let me play for an hour, I'll go ahead and do the chores. Yeah. Whoa. I'll vacuum if you let me play for about an hour. What you need to do is take that thing to goodwill and sell it off. Because it's robbing you of time that you could have with God. Now I see, I know grown men that have to play PS4. I don't even know it all. But they sit 
down and they waste their time playing games and spend thousands of dollars to have that whole set up. This is well saved, man, because it's good stuff here today. Gotta have it. If you're going to give me something, uh, just give me the unlimited so I can just not have to worry about running out of time. Fear. Look at that one real good. Fear is obviously the opposite of faith. A couple more, brother. Let's move on. I got to get done here. I'll get these people home and in bed. Guilt. Somebody say guilt. Some of these are really rough, so I'm just going to be nice tonight. No altar. No prayer. No. Nothing. Three more, brother. Go ahead and pick them up. Whatever's left. Just three at a time. Unbelief. Wow. Unbelief. You know, were there, two, there were two times in Scripture that Jesus marveled. Two times the Bible records that he marveled. One was when the Roman centurion said, come into my house, pray for my servant. He's dying. Then he said, wait a minute, I'm not worthy that you come under my roof, but if you'll just speak the word. This was a Roman soldier saying this to a Jew. He said, if you'll just come, I'll tell you what, no, let's do better than that. Just speak the word, Jesus. And my servant will be made whole. Jesus yeah. was just rocking on his heels. He said, wow, I've not seen faith like this in Israel. Yeah. And then the other time that he was shocked was when he went into his home city. And the Bible said he could do not any miracles there because of their unbelief. I think he healed a few sick folk. Oh, boy. Here's a good one. Jealousy. Wow. Somebody say, clean out the well tonight, Lord. Jealousy. Jealousy. We'll get through this. We'll be okay. These were in no particular order. They're just in there crumpled up. Division. How many of you want to be a disciple for Jesus? If you want to be a disciple, lift your hand and say, Lord, I do want to be a disciple. The root word to this, to be in a, it's not a root word, but to be a disciple, you have to know what discipline is. You have to know when to turn the computer off. Amen. Husbands, wives, you have to learn how to shut your mouth sometimes. Amen. Amen. One man said, my wife and I have never argued in 35 years of marriage. We made a pact that if we ever argued, we would not go to bed until we resolve that argument. Her husband's sitting there, or his wife's sitting there shaking her head. Yes, that's right. That's exactly right. He said, the only problem is we haven't slept in three months. Division. Discipline. Discipline. Somebody say discipline. discipline. That's 
the basis of living for God is discipline. Amen. Say no to the flesh. Amen. Learn to say no to your appetites. Any more Amen. in there? Three more? Give me the last three, then we'll move on. You can be seated after you give me those. There's, there's one that... Um, thank you, guys. So now the well is pretty much cleaned out. And I feel like the Lord's on target so far. Yeah. 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 I, I could have went down a long old list and just stood up here and, and shot a scatter gun and just hope I hit somebody. Mm. But these, these I felt impressed in prayer to write. Yeah. So I made a list and my wife helped me. She, this is her handwriting. Unconfessed sin. I'm not going to harp on that too long because I've got something more to say about that. Somebody say, okay. 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 Stewardship. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yes. Yes. What's the first thing that comes to mind when you think of stewardship? Just anybody, shout it out. Serving. Serving. Huh? Caretaking. What else? Stewardship. Being a steward. Responsibility. Most people say money. You know, what you owe to this town is stewardship. Yes. Amen. You need to be a, caretake, a caretaker of your walk with God. Yes. Amen. That's it. That's it. You need to be responsible for not what you do in here, but how yes. you live out there. Yes. You come in here and you act like you're the most spiritual one, and you get out there and you can't pay your bills. You're always begging and borrowing from Peter to pay John. That's not stewardship. And you go off somewhere and you waste money on a trip that you can't afford to take when your rent should be paid. That's not stewardship. You know what would help all of us in this room tonight? And I know some of this language is not in our vocabulary. But a budget would help everybody. Because once you set a budget, it'll help you to be responsible for your bills, yes. how you treat people on the outside. Because you know what people say? I thought they went to church at Livingstone. Yes. I thought that I seen their picture on Facebook. They're in revival and why are they out here at the bar right now? Dr. Pastor preached that cigarette sucking was wrong. Yeah. Why's that guy got a cigarette in his hand? Yeah. And we want revival in this city. Yeah. You know where it's going to start? Right yeah. here with each yeah. and every one of you. When you start cleaning out your well to say, God, every bit of the dirt, I'm going to get it out. Every bit of the ugliness, I'm going to get it out. I'm going to stop being offended. I'm going to start getting right with God. And I'm going to serve God. and it wasn't even scripturally related but my dad, our dad, used to tell us you can fool some of the people some of the time, but you can't fool everybody all the time yeah. Yeah. and he would say, people are not stupid yeah. you're like, yes sir so all of that led up to this one remedy for all of that to clean out our well tonight, somebody say, Lord Clean us up real good tonight. I saved 
the best for last. Because the one that has really stopped people from growing and this church from being what it needs to be is unforgiveness. Yes. Yes. Amen. This Amen. is the one I'm going to Woo. preach on here for a little bit tonight. Yes. You know, it doesn't matter how much we shout, how much we label it the move of God. When there's unforgiveness in the room, I can show you book, chapter, and verse. Even the Lord doesn't step in. Wow. Somebody say unforgiveness. Unforgiveness. We like to think that we are really, and we are, we've had some powerful services, but would it just blow your mind if I told you that God wants to show you more? Yes. Think of all the folks that could come in here tonight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. But I'm just going to be frank with this, okay? If I was a person on the street and I came in here and I saw a certain person, I'm not... I have nobody in mind when I say this. I'm just saying this. And then they look at you and they thought, man, I thought I saw them in the bar the other day. What are they doing lifting their hands? Talking in tongues. What kind of church is this anyway? Hallelujah. It wouldn't be so bad, but when you claim to be something you're not, That's right. That's right. the most dangerous place for you to be is in self-deception. Yeah. Because you don't even recognize your own disguise. Hallelujah. And you're constantly tripping over your own mask. Wow. I'm not sorry tonight. I'm That's obeying God. Neither am I ugly. There's not a bone of animosity in my spirit. But I owe it to these little kids tonight to preach from my heart. Because what are we going to leave them? What are we going to leave the future generation? What's church going to be like in 10 years? Are we going to be fighting the same people, same attitude, same spirit? You know why there's no growth most of the time? Unforgiveness. Somebody say unforgiveness. unforgiveness. Forgiveness comes from the Greek word apalu. This is where they get the word apologize, which means to express regret. But forgiveness is not just expressing regret. It's releasing yourself from the chains of unforgiveness. Yes. Yes. Wow. To fully free, to let Die to pardon yourself and your offenders and let everything go. When you do that, the Greek says this. It shatters the chains into minute fragments. See, when you walk in true forgiveness, you don't have to just tolerate somebody. Yes, sir. Yeah. That's right. Amen. To put on a show that everything's okay. Mm -hmm. Praise the Lord. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Hallelujah. After you shake their hand. Oof. Wow. 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 
Wow. Let's lift our hands right now. I'm being deliberate. I, I, I'm not nervous. I'm just being deliberate because I want the Holy Ghost to have his way right now. Pray that right now. Search me, God. Examine me. Examine me. Examine me. Somebody say, Lord, just help me tonight. The preacher's not being ugly. I'm obeying God because God wants to bless you beyond measure. You need to clean your well out tonight. The devil said, cover it in. Covered up, disguise it so living stone don't find the well. For the glory of God is moving. I don't want living stone to find the well because I want to keep vermilion bound down. I don't want living stone to find the living source. And so let's throw some more dirt on there. Let's let the flesh get in the way. And I don't really want them to tap in to a true move of the Holy Ghost. I want their young people to keep seeking the Holy Ghost five years from now. I don't want them to get the Holy Ghost. I just want them to keep seeking it. Now, your pastor has the liberty to pull on my coattail anytime he feels like I'm getting out of line. I am not trying to pastor tonight. There are three platforms they teach us that you preach from. One is inspiration, one is observation, and one is obligation. And the Holy Ghost put obligation on my heart today in prayer and said, you need to minister this because I want to bless this church, but in the process, we need to get some things out of the way. I want them to experience a real move of the Holy Ghost. Not some toe dipping good feel good experience. I, I want them to dive in and let my glory bathe them. I'm going to change them and fill them with the Holy Ghost. You younger adults, you're not going to get to heaven on mom and dad's coat. That's right. You got to get it for yourself. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm telling this because I love you. Amen. Uh, grudge not one against another, brethren, lest ye be condemned. When you hold a grudge, you know what it means to do? You lock yourself down and that person that you have a grudge against, you lock them down with ill will and resentment and bitterness. You could be more than you are tonight if you will decide once and for all to release yourself and whoever it is that you are angry at tonight, release that grudge in Jesus' name. That way there won't be schisms between families in the church. We'll shake hands to make it look good, but we really don't get along, Brother Craig. I already felt that in the Holy Ghost. But when you decide to bring that grudge to the altar and say, Hey, I don't want to lock down my brother. I don't want to lock down my church. I don't want to lock down the Lord from moving. So I'm going to let go of this grudge. It's as simple as a choice. This 
right. right. Hallelujah. For if ye, these are red letters, Jesus said, if ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. That's the law of forgiveness. You get it, you give it. But the reason some people can't give is because they've never gotten it. The root word of forgiveness is give. But you can't give something away you don't possess. He said, but if you forgive not, then I can't forgive you. So what you're feeling is the presence of God, but that's all it is, is a feeling. You feel him through your five senses. But when's the last time you spoke in tongues? I know what we say when we go home, and I'd agree with you. Man, church was awesome. I need it to be more than awesome. Because there's people that come in our services, and they're looking for something to transform their lives. They're tired of religion. They're tired of sin. They're tired of being bound by alcohol and drugs. We owe it to them to be able to come in here and get what we have tonight. Here's where it gets real good. Confess your faults. One to another. This is a remedy. Maybe I didn't give you a title, did I, Brother Sinaway? A remedy for revival. This is just another piece of the puzzle. A remedy for revival. Confess your faults one to another, and then you'll be able to pray for one another. It's hard to pray for somebody you hate. It's hard to pray for somebody you've got a grudge against. I'm not going to pray for them. They deserve to go to hell. So do you. You can't walk in the love of God. You're walking in the flesh already. Pray one for another after you have confessed. He says, you know what the end result is? I'm going to heal your church up. I'm going to heal it of bad attitudes. I'm going to heal it from splits and schisms. I'm going to heal it from things that have been trying to destroy this work. The stress that this man's been through. Praying at night, wondering God. Do I stay or do I go? That's too bad. You're going to have to get over it. This is the word of God. Psalmist said, who can understand his errors? Cleanse thou me from secret faults. You see, we think we hide things from people. But there's an all-seeing eye. She's past the double-knit polyester and the tie and he sees down in here where it really counts. We dress it up and we act the part, amen, but God already knows what's on the inside. He already knew before you walked in what you were going to do when you 
walk in. She's not going to do anything. She's just going to sit there. He's not going to respond. He's just going to sit there. Why? Because I already know their heart. I'm not being funny either. This is the word of the Lord. Lord, don't let those secret faults have dominion over me. Man, let me just decide whether or not I want to go to this next moment. I don't know. I'm weighing it out because I, I'm not the pastor. Hallelujah. See, when you mess around with the world, you think like the world. And I said the other night, the world does know nothing about forgiveness. All they do is keep tabs. I'm going to hurt you. I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send somebody to knock you out, man. And I really wondered what would happen if God played a scene of real time in our life when we're behind closed doors and we speak our true feelings about people in this church. Amen. Amen. Goodness, I thought Brother Harold was a man of God. You better confess those faults tonight. The reason you think everybody else is locked down is because you're locked down. That's the way it works tonight. And if you're amening the word of God, that means you're agreeing to it and you're going to allow the word of God to change you. Because the Lord is looking for somebody that wants to have revival. The Lord wants to use somebody that's hungry for his presence. And we've been praying, God, bring them in and fill them up. You better be careful that God doesn't allow somebody to take your place. That will come in here and appreciate the move of God. And say, Brother Harold, I'll be there. Some of you have driven from Lake Handies and Wagner. Thank you. that covereth his sins and I'm almost done I want to be done here in a decent amount of time because some of you have already tuned me out he that covereth his sins shall not prosper you conceal them you sit here service after service and you refuse to repent of the sin in your life You come to the altar and you cheapen that experience where you say, I repented to God, but have you gone to your brother and your sister Amen. whom that you committed that offense towards or maybe even with? The writer said, you cover those things up, you're not going to prosper. You know what prosper means in the Hebrew there? You're never going to break free. You're never going to be able to push forward if all you do is dress it up. And you put another uh, veneer in front of it and you never address it, but you just keep messing with it and you never... Give it to me. Yeah. 
That's why you're bogged down. That's why you're fighting the same sin year after year after year after year after year. Month after month, same thing, same. You, you can just, you're, you're an open book. You can tell what's going to happen. You, you already know the story. It's been rehearsed the last five years. We know what's going on, but there's no change. And God said, I want this church to have revival, but they need to heal themselves up. I didn't bring it and revival is not a carnival. It's not here for a few days and moves on. God has some intentions for this city. God has some intentions for Wagner for Lake Andes for White River. God has intentions. Do we want to be a part of it tonight? You know what the simple key is? Is repentance. Yes. When the military is popping time and walking cadence and they're marching to cadence and all of a sudden they hit a point and they're going to turn around. The team leader says, repent! Boy, they're walking, they stop. And they get on their heels and they turn around. Yeah. Yeah. Part of repentance is confessing. Yes. And many of us do that. But the other part of repentance is forsaking. Yes. That means in the Hebrew, check me, go home and, and double reference it. Check me out tonight. I'm telling you the honest truth. The other half of repentance is forsaking, which means You've got to abandon that lifestyle. Amen. But you come here and you pray to a point where you feel good. You never get the Holy Ghost and you feel good. But then you repent. You confess things, but you never go back and forsake them. Right. You're going back to the same things. It's right. no wonder your mind's in a turmoil right now. If I felt like the internet was sending me to hell, I'd shut that thing off yes. in a heartbeat. Amen. I thank God that when it comes to computers that I'm just plain old dumb. Amen. My wife gets mad at me and says, gee, this is how, but my, my God, sorry. And I ask my grandkids to help me. How, what, how do you get that emoji there? And that's a simple text message. So, Psalm 66 and verse 18. I'm on track here. I'll finish up here in just a few. If, David said, I regard iniquity in my heart. Listen to this. If I regard iniquity in my heart, my prayer is not heard by God. That's right. It is an abomination to God for me to pray from a point of holding grudges and unforgiveness locking down things around me people that are connected to me in my life I lock them down because of unforgiveness 
and I still come to church and from that platform I pray I'm giving you book chapter and verse there Psalm 66 and 18 if I regard iniquity in my heart the Lord will not hear me yes. put that in your pipe and smoke it The only prayer that God will hear from a backslider is a prayer of repentance. Yes. Yes. Hallelujah. Don't tell me you've been praying about things because you're not in the book. Amen. When you're living on that side of sin, God does not hear your prayer. Right. I know that's tight, but it's right tonight. Yes. That's right. And it's not really a move of judgment. Oh, God's hand is, I want you to live right. Yeah. I want you to act right. Yeah. I want you to be right. Yeah. Yeah. Look to your neighbor and ask him, say, how hard is that? Oh, my Lord. So if the Spirit of God does not respond to us in that condition, just that condition, now don't, don't read something into that, that that's not there, that I didn't say. But if in that condition God is not hearing our prayer, then where are all the feel-goods coming from? Think about that for a moment. Because all we ever want to say is, man, I felt something there. And our spirit is full of sin. It's tied down. We're talking to God. God said, no, unless you repent to me, I can't. That's part of my covenant. I don't hear you. Right. So what spirit's coming in to make you feel good? What spirit have you opened your spirit to so you're feeling good? Can I tell you, the book says this. Satan himself can transform yeah, into it. an angel of light. I don't mind all this angel wing and seeing angels and all of these things. I'm all for that. But don't you ever hold that higher than the Word of God. Because the Word of God is true. Some of the things that you see are not of God. Some of them are Satan that are walking in acting like an angel. So when our spirit is closed off to God, what spirit is it that we're feeling? And I close with this. I take you to the story of a man by the name of Saul. After disobedience in the far reach, Brother Harold, of the man of God to say, Saul, all you've got to do is repent. God will restore the kingdom to you in pride. He said, I'm not going to do it. And so he reached for him again, brother. And if you'll just repent, Saul, God will restore things to you. I refuse to do it because God knows I'm not wrong. And he was just as wrong as a $3 bill. And so there were some things that happened. I, I wished I would have wrote it in my notes, and I don't. Can somebody find for me the story there of Saul? You remember that part where he, huh? First Samuel? 
First Samuel. How much? First uh, Samuel 15 is the rejection of Saul as a king. About the part where he goes to the witch at Endor. First Samuel. First Samuel. Twenty-eight. I want, I want to turn there if we can fi find it. It's 26. 26? 28, 6. Oh, 28, 6? Jeez, not that hard of hearing. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to this. Because of disobedience and sin, 1 Samuel 28 and 6. When Saul inquired of the Lord, the Lord answered him not. Verse 5 said, When Saul saw the host of the Philistines, that's who we're preaching about tonight. The flesh. He was afraid and his heart greatly trembled. The flesh would not allow this man to repent. He inquired of the Lord neither by dreams or urim, which is light as in revelation, nor by prophets. He wouldn't listen to the word. He wouldn't listen to the man of God. He was doing his own thing and he still thought he was okay. Then Saul said unto his servant, Seek me a woman that hath a familiar spirit that I may go to her and inquire of her. And his servant said to him, Behold, there is a woman that hath a familiar spirit at Endor. And here's where that spirit leads us to. And Saul disguised himself. Some of you are entertaining familiar spirits tonight. I know that's pretty strong, but that's what the Lord spoke to me in prayer today. Yep. Because from the perch that you're at, you're not really connected with your praying and you're talking about all these eebie-jeebies and feel good and God spoke to me. That's not God. That's a familiar spirit. Yes, because the devil knows how to look like Jesus. Yes, that's the right. devil even knows how to act like Jesus. Right. He's not going to walk in here and look like a hideous demon right. with all kinds of scales and claws and come crawling in here yeah, like a snake. That's He's right. going to come in here looking like an angel. That's the spirit you've been fighting in this church, Brother Harold. Yes. And we think it's just human. It isn't. Our human spirit is opened up to something darker. Yes. I testified to the revival that I preached down south. And the revival was nothing like we're experiencing, but it was locked down tight, locked down tight. Third night, nothing. People were just sitting there cleaning their fingernails and on their phones like they were sitting there and uh, getting their hair done at a beauty salon. And I was preaching my guts out, nothing happening. I told my wife, I said, I'm going back to the church. I said, I'm not going to eat until I get some answers. I went back to the church and I began to pray three nights into doing that, Brother Rich. I'm up at the altar here in front of the pulpit. I testified about this. And all of a sudden, the hairs on my neck and everywhere else stood up. And it was not a good feeling. And the Holy Ghost spoke to me and said, turn and look. This is the spirit that's trying to stop this work. And like the sanctuary here, there were two doors into the sanctuary there. And in this door came a big black Form a big black spirit, a demon spirit, about as tall as his ceiling. 
And he's walking toward me up the side of that sanctuary. And I can hear him growling, breathing heavy. And the Lord said, that's what's stopping the move of God. I said, what kind of spirit is it? And the Lord said, it's a religious spirit. Wow. He said, there's people here that are going through the motions. They pay their tithe. They come to church, clap their hands. Some of them even come routinely. They're here every time the doors are open. But it's been years since they prayed through to the true Holy Ghost. Here comes that spirit. And all of a sudden, something got in my feet, Sister Melissa. I didn't want to go that direction, but something got in my feet. And here I go toward that big old demon spirit. My feet are gone. And all of a sudden, the tongues begin to take over. And by the time Brother Paul, I met that spirit about halfway down. He whimpered and he went through the wall. No, don't clap your hands. Because that's what's here fighting you. And you sit idle, unforgiving, and bitter, and resentful. I know this is strong, and this is a heavy message. And I wouldn't ask you to pay anything to be in my shoes tonight. But I come as a messenger from God to let you know that it's time. Clean up your heart. Clean up your homes. Clean up your marriages. There's so much here that God wants to do that would blow your human mind. Boy, that didn't go over very well, huh? Spirits, familiar spirits, spirits of transgenderism. There's nothing more hopeless than not knowing who you are. Then you let social media tell you, you don't have to be a girl if you want to be a boy. But you don't have to be a boy if you want to be a girl. And that spirit's trying to come into our churches. I've watched them in white hot revivals. Amen. They sit there on their phone unmoved by God. I knew what I had to bring tonight. But this is just another step to real revival coming to this church. Some of you need to stop playing with the world. Discipline yourself. Shut that phone off Amen. at 10 o'clock and go to bed. Amen. Some of you are up till 2, 3, 4, 5 in the morning and you cry out about, oh. Let me talk to us for a little bit. I'm getting that spirit nervous now. The devil don't like this. I'm no match for him. I understand that tonight. I'm not that ignorant to think that I can outdo the devil. No, it's the God inside of me. And God gave me a mandate to preach to this church. When I go home, whenever that is, I'm going to go home with a clear conscience. Instead of having the Lord say, there's still blood on your hands, there's still blood on your hands, because you didn't have the backbone to tell them. And you're leaving your children unsupervised. Have full access to whatever. They're sitting in front of that iPad, that iPhone, that, that computer screen, and you're not even watching what they're looking at. 
Well, it's no wonder there's hell in your family. This is good, isn't it? This hurts me worse than it hurts you. And then we make excuses for them. Leave my babies alone. Don't preach to them. I'm trying to help them. There's a devil after them. Satan is after your family. The remedy for revival. How many believe it tonight? How many of you are going to obey it tonight? And don't think, don't, don't get mad at Brother Harold and said he's talked to me. I practice ethically what a evangelist should practice. When I go to churches, I don't talk to the pastor about what's going on in his church. Amen. I don't sit down with them and say who's in trouble, who's messed up, what's going on. In fact, I don't even have Facebook to know all of that, to really know any inside things that are going on. I just know this. God wants to move for yeah. you. Yeah. So you're going to have to put your past behind you. Amen. Stop dragging it around and using it as your crutch. Amen. I'd be able to live for God if God would have given me a better husband. I would really be something for God if God would have just gave me a better wife. Well, he tried to, but you're the one that made the choice. Amen. You couldn't wait. I know that's strong. But I've got a mandate tonight. I've got to give an account to God. I've got to give an account to my pastor. Let's love him right now. I'm not trying to pastor tonight. I do have a heavy burden on my heart. Some of you need to get right. Some of you need to get that that spirit out of you. <laughs> because I'm going to say this for your benefit and not mine. There's some people that you hear speaking tongues that's just like pouring a bucket of cold water on you. It doesn't feel good. You better make sure what you're connected to is real tonight. So if you're a tongue talker and you're not changed, that's not the Holy Ghost. If it doesn't change your attitude and your lifestyle and your habits, it's not the Holy Ghost. But we come in here. Nothing ever changes. We're on fire Sunday and backslid by Tuesday. That's what the Lord wants to bring to a stop. When I left White River, it wasn't because of the church. I had to leave for reasons. Amen. That God excused me to go. There was no sin in my life. When I left White River, I left it right. I didn't leave any unpaid bills behind. I didn't owe anybody any money. Everybody that I knew understood that I was walking upright as a minister of God. 
I did that because they deserve a move of God. They deserve to look at somebody that's got the genuine Holy Ghost. That's living upright and walking in holiness and believing truth and, and not living a lie or being a hypocrite about things. What's down in the well? Is there anything down in the well tonight? Is there any more stuff down in there that you need to get right? I've seen revivals hit a point where it began to separate the real from the counterfeit. And that's not an indictment against you. Don't take that personally from me. I'm just saying, you got to make your mind up tonight. I watched one night as the pastor dismissed my eyes, my wife and I stood there speechless in the center aisle of the church. We were in good revival. And all of a sudden, the family approached the pastor right there as the benediction was still warm in the room. And they confronted the pastor and began to accuse him. that He didn't have a right to correct their children. Made a big old scene in front of God and everybody. They could have done something else than that if they really wanted to leave the church. It's time for a move of God tonight. You know what's on the agenda? Revival. Come on. It's real. It's here. Secretly trying to destroy this work. And if they get up and walk out because they don't want to get right, then that's on them, not me. But this is how serious this is. This is a remedy for revival. I can almost guarantee you I won't get much sleep tonight, Sister Lee. I'll go home, toss and turn. The devil said you shouldn't have preached that, man. You, you scared him away now. Brother Rich, when I, when I pray for you, I want to know God's going to hear me. I'm not going to play church. When you text and say pray for me, I'm not going to send a word back, say okay and not pray. I want to know that when I get on my knees, God is going to hear my prayer. That don't matter if I'm here or down in Texas. When you say pray, brother, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to hit my knees and I'm going to pray. Amen. I don't need you to call my name to say thank you for praying for me because it's all about him. But it's time for us tonight to realize we've got to have a move of God. There's a spirit that's been coming in this church trying to defy this man of God. I know that. The Holy Ghost just spoke it to me. Trying to defy this man of God. And some of you have tried, amen, to join alliance with that spirit. Why can't people just receive instruction anymore? Let's stand. I'm good. I think. I think. Thank you. Visitors, thank you for listening to me. I've got a burden tonight. I had a mandate from God. God's not going to settle for anything less than you coming to this altar and praying through. It's open.
the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let that tongue be free.